so when I begin training there, I, I get there and like, I, I look like the only guy that's ever been to a gym and it's just a bunch of like local, like Southern Indiana dudes. Yeah. Um, Nick took a interest in me immediately because I had, he could tell I had some, a little bit of skill and I was driving 12 hours round trip. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big, the big guy, Ryback, starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. I am the big guy, Ryback, and I'm sitting here today... It's a long time overdue. It was uh, I was sitting here and we're doing a lot of interviews now on the show and and I was I was sitting there one day and I it just kind of dawned on me I I haven't had my good buddy my good friend that that I enjoy talking to on Voxer that I haven't seen in years but one of the best people I know and I, I go I haven't had him on the show and I, I send him a Vox and uh, I think we were both of agreeance like yeah why why haven't you been on the show and so without further ado ladies and gentlemen. Chris Pavone of the Chris Pavone Show. What's going on? Ah, uh, the big guy, Ryback. What is up, buddy? <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry it's taken so long. I'm not. We do some regular shows and then interviews, and I was just like, I was like, why haven't I had Chris on? I don't. It, it's yeah. it just makes no sense. But it, it's all it timed out well now. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. I remember, like, I never really thought about. I kind of did, but also never really thought about it either. That when you asked me, I was like, yeah, exactly. Why? Why haven't I done the show? This it makes no sense. Perfect. I was like, and I haven't seen you in forever. We've talked about like if I'm ever down there, you're well. I could just have you on the show. We could Skype, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, Matt, it, it, how many years has it been since Tampa? I because I left in 2011, November 2011. Right. Yeah. And you stayed like- there. Correct. You sound like you're like me in the sense you can remember dates well. I yeah. can remember dates very well. I have like, a weird memory with a lot of that stuff since I was a kid on just. Yeah. Like Julian Hall got signed her WWE <laughs> developmental deal in March of 2004. Matt. <laughs> totally irrelevant to anything. <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> I love that you know that. I also yeah. love, I was thinking this the other day, just another random thing. I had the, the Hulk, Hulk cookie jar that I still have to this day that you actually, it's a green Hulk jar you gave me. It's a cookie jar you gave oh. to me when I got to, into Florida. I don't know if it was a housewarming gift or, but it was formerly Chris Masters, you said. Oh, get out of here. And I, yeah, yes. That was the story you told me. I don't know if it is or not. No, the, <laughs> no that, that would be true. Dude, that's so funny. See, again, I remember random stuff and then there's some things I've, memory lapses in i remember you having that in your kitchen i don't remember giving it to you you gave you it to me it was, oh dude that's so funny and you then said it you was chris said, masters yeah and then when you just said that i remember because him and i used to be roommates and yep. i remember him having that and then i painted the eye red to match with ryback and then we always popped over the red eye hulk and then the the random dog i bought at cracker barrel one day. yeah that, i i painted that eye red for you i think yeah. right connor what is his name connor, connor the, so for I randomly one day when we were in Florida, I just we stopped at Cracker Barrel and I bought a 
I missed my dogs back at home, so I bought a dog statue, and then yeah. had Croft paint the eye red um, for the Terminator and for, yeah. for the Ryback Terminator. But because that was the genesis of Ryback at that the time. beginning, yeah, which you did paintings for of all that, and like it's oh right, yeah, couple men, which helped all like definitely great with visualization and yeah. and everything. So you've been how like you have a home now in Tampa, everything, right? Yeah. How are like you when you moved? Because you lived in multiple places before. I loved it down there. Or you, I, obviously, you do too. The the weather and yeah, yeah, I absolutely love Tampa, Florida, and it's kind of cool because you know wrestling brought me there, and then when I left WWE, it's like I had the option. We even when on the main roster, you you have the option to live anywhere you want, but yeah, I always just chose to stay in Tampa. Just because, yeah, I like it so much. No, that was, uh, I remember when we were in Louisville, Kentucky, and we, we got the, got rehired, which I wanted to talk about later on in here. But I just remember getting there, but like, whoa, Tampa, I've heard about this place. and Yeah, me, me too. I Like, palm trees on every corner, yep. it's blue sky, sunny, the beach, like, there's, this, this place is. The gyms, yeah, everything awesome. there is uh, yeah. just. I just remember we got there and then Louisville got hit with like massive snowstorms and we're like enjoying sunny, beautiful weather, walking <laughs> okay, around yeah. in shorts and a t- tank tops. And that's right, because we arrived in December of '08. Yes, another, another. That was exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember back in in OVW? I always ask the guys that I I've known for a long time because sometimes I don't remember. Do you remember the first time we ever met? Because I was trying to think about that and, and I just knew. I remember going out and seeing you a few times, but I never really, I don't remember when I actually, if it was when we got rehired, it was when we kind of maybe. No, I remember. So were you in deep South? Yeah. You were in deep, deep South. South first. Yeah. And you came, you came to Louisville. I want to say like in March of 2006. I'm not going to argue what? with you on the dates. Yeah, <laughs> and that I really can't remember. Only reason I say March is because it was probably February or March because, which we'll can get into this later too. It was right before I got fired in 2006. Yeah, you you came to Louisville. Yep. And I remember hanging with you. Oh, and okay, yeah, I remember I kind of meeting you there. I knew who you were, and I was trying to think for a second how I knew who you were, but it was because of Tough Enough. Yeah, a million dollars Tough Enough. Yep. Yeah. The I remember, man, I felt horrible because I have it in my notes in here. When we, uh, we all went the night that the infamous night that everything happened with you was actually, I felt really, really responsible for that because the, in, are, are you all right talking about that a little bit? Not like in detail, but the. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, I just it's always wanted. Part of, yeah. No, who you are it. now. Right. But sure. the Nick Mitchell who also was Mitch from the spirit squad. When I came from deep South wrestling, GHB was really big down there. And it's something I never would do in a million years, but I got caught up in it full blown down there. I brought some of it with me to Louisville, but I didn't tell anybody. And I didn't, I had had some bad experiences with it. So I had like quit taking it, but I was afraid to dump it out because I was like holding on to something. And I left it in my cupboards and Nick Mitchell was down there, and I think he was, I don't know if he was off the road, I don't know what, or before Spirit Squad, and he found out, or he's like, do you have any more of that? And I go, yeah, but I, I was like, I don't, I don't want it, but I wanted to get rid of it, but I kind of, Nick kind of scared me sometimes, because he was a wild one. Uh-huh. 
And he was like, I just want some. Just guy just blow. And I remember, I don't know if I gave him a whole bottle or whatever I had left. And then it somehow, I think, it made its way to, I don't know if you, to you at some point in that night. And then, like, <laughs> I always felt tremendous guilt because I brought it. And oh, then, really? Yeah. And oh, I, but yeah. it wasn't, I was not partaking in it anymore because I, right. I'd had some really, I've talked about it on here, some horrible scares with it. That sure, stuff. Yeah. I kill yeah, you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't I've heard know. You... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I just remember that was, I didn't know you that well. I just remember you were out with us that night because I was new down there to OVW at the time and stuff. So it was just, yeah. I didn't really yeah. get to know you till the second time around. Right. And okay. I remember you do telling me or telling me look, at some point that, yeah, you, you felt <laughs> partly responsible for me, or you felt bad because it, it, it came from you. Um, yeah. I remember that night. Well, um, uh, it, we all went out and, and Nick Mitchell, right. He brought it yeah. to the party. We, we were pre-gaming at the Miz's apartment. Yes. And um, which uh, actually we'll hear, I might as well go from here. I'll provide a little context uh, of what was going on in my career at that time. Um, long story short, I, I, in, in developmental, I was Chris Cage at that time. And uh, I was one of the guys you could say that was ready to be called up. I had been on the road many times, you know, you get good marks across the board yep. and it's kind of like, all right, we got to, you know, what are we going to do with this guy? And, you know, we're going to find something for you. And shoot, there's a, here, how about we do this? It's your interview, but because <laughs> there's so much backstory. I, I didn't want to, that's what I was almost afraid of jumping to all this. Yeah. Cause I kind of so, wanted to go and order and kind of, and get to that right. at some point. The, well, because the, you've, you, the evolution of, of Chris Pavone yeah. is, is I don't want, yeah. I feel like if we just go right into that, people might not let's, let's work our way into that yeah, a little yes. bit. But I do want to, so, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the, I wanted to ask you the growing up wrestling, because for people, you, Kalen Croft in the WWE, for people that don't, part of the Dude Busters with Trent Beretta. Um, but what age did you start actually watching wrestling as a kid? Yeah, it's funny because I'm on Instagram at Chris Pavone, Chris with a K, and I post the stuff I post, and we talk about that a bit later. Um, but ultimately, what I follow on there, there is a ton of wrestling related content that people just post like old school wrestling clips. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen them. And so, anyway, I mentioned that because it's all stuff from like the 80s and the 90s and stuff I remember fondly. Um, that being said, I can remember when I was in the fourth grade in like 1990 seeing wrestling around a couple of my friends uh, liked wrestling Todd Fricker and Lee Sabo it's always funny to mention the names right Justin <laughs> Just and Jimmy Belanger were the two that got me into it that's <laughs> <laughs> so funny and I remember um, them talking about the ultimate warrior I didn't know what that I thought the ultimate warrior was a video game for some reason oh, wow. they would draw the, the face paint and I remember thinking wrestling was actually kind of stupid and then like I don't know the next year around 1990 SummerSlam 1990 was my cousin was into wrestling. He was four years younger than me. He ordered SummerSlam 90, and I watched it on pay per view. And like that time is is when I started getting into it, and I was like hooked ever since. You're one of my. I remember you telling me this story, and it made made me laugh. But this is what gives me hope sometimes with social media, and sometimes when people kind of 
act out is that you told me you used to be on the message boards at one point and, and didn't you, it was that, that you were, I don't know if you want to say negative, oh. but you were like, I remember you told me that and I laughed hysterically because you, you're the nicest guy in the world now. And I, it gives me hope that they're for the people, the young people out there that are acting and lashing out in this negative way that I was like, okay, maybe not all of them, but it, Chris changed. Chris is one of the greatest guys that I know. It's yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I wrote a, uh, on America Online, we had a uh, a newsletter called The Ring Chronicle, and um, th- this guy Phil Barton was his name. We never met him, but we met online. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your and, AOL screen name? Do you, you know what? I still have that email account. Oh it, my it, god, really? Yeah, I just never. I've gotten rid of it. I still use it for like paying bills online. Oh it, my it's god. my name backwards. It's circinovap at aol.com. Mine was Big Papa Superstar. <laughs> Yeah, at AOL. At AOL. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because in, in, it was the early, early stages of like, almost you can say Tinder. You you, you can uh, hit hit somebody up with the ASL. Remember age, sex, location? Yep. <laughs> you can check yes. their profile. No pictures, just. That was the beginning of technology. Really yeah, kind yep. of. So we had a newsletter and I would give like my opinions of, of like, this is like 1997 when I was in high school of, you know, how I thought stuff should go. Cause I started to get some insider quote unquote insider knowledge, which as we both know, I mean, yes, there's reputable people, but I mean, man, there's stuff that you really can't talk much about it unless you've been there, you know, or experienced it. Yeah. I posted a letter today from WWE for Twitter for something I'm trying to, for the social media stuff. And then I got people accusing me it's a fake letter. So it's like, that I, a I fake t- letter how that, that it's not, that it's, it's made on cheap paper and it's not real that I typed it up myself. I go, you can't, you can't win with these people. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Literally. Yeah. It's, but that's a whole nother. Yeah. Whole other that's conversation. Real. But yeah, I just remember you telling me that. And I, I got a lot of laughter out of that because you, hmm. And then, but, but you're one of the guys that like, you know, back in that period and whatnot, then you actually got into wrestling. What, what like was the, what sparked you to, to take the leap and did you go to, did you go to a wrestling school or? Yeah. So probably when I was like 12 or 13, I remember thinking this is what I want to do this for, you know, when I grow up and I, uh, my freshman year in high school, I, I, I kind of got out of wrestling for a few months. It just, I don't know, kind of lost interest. And then like around WrestleMania 10, I started watching it again. Then I was like, this, this is the cool stuff. And that's when I really, you know, I was a little older now. I was 15 years old. That's when I was like, dude, this is what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was this, you know, I'm an, I guess, average size kid growing up. I was no, you know, not a big guy. Pardon the pun. So this is right when Shawn Michaels was getting his on his way to giving his world title run and push for the first time. So I like love Shawn Michaels. And I was like, man, he's a smaller guy. And Same here. as far as wrestling goes, yep. and if he can do it, man, I can do it. And it's the reason I like I played football in high school, but I, you know, I kind of just did it to do it because my friends did it. Um, really, the main reason I started working out was because I wanted to get in shape and look like these guys that I see on TV. Yeah, yep. And all through high school, you know, I was just obsessed with it. And I remember my girlfriend at the time would always be like, that's all you talk about is stupid wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I would just quote Stone Cold Steve Austin to her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is this is this like at the rise of Austin? You know, he was he, as hot as you can get uh, for any in any period in wrestling. I, I remember oh, that man. Dude, it's so good. I remember so when good. I was able to hear his the music for the first time on a CD. It was like so unreal that you could drive around or listen to it on a CD player at home. The the glass shatters music. It was like I remember oh, it was sold out at all the stores. You know, you had warehouse music. I couldn't find it anywhere. And like calling <laughs> ahead, like, do you guys have the music for WWE, the volume one, whatever? And like, yeah, yeah. In like, in fact, I was watching this recently. I think one of my favorite times in wrestling. Um, was the Bret Hart hill turn and and they it, it took months to build it was so real and believable and then yeah Bret and Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13 did the double turn that was yeah. that was so cool yep. um and and yeah and that's right before like right before the boom too you know um, yeah they hadn't and then like nine, just a year and a half or so after that then yeah then it just blew up that's probably when you couldn't find the Stone Cold CD yeah yeah right. no they, it yeah. just took off. So you started you started working out in, in things of that nature and because of Sean, these guys that you were watching. And then did you you just did you join a wrestling school? I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. Okay, yeah, that's a that's an interesting story. So I knew enough about wrestling that to get trained, you have to go to a reputable place. Yeah. And and this is kind of one of those things that's kind of neat how we have our plans. And we got to put in the work and do the action, but at the same time, it's got to work out how it's going to work out in the sense that, you know, there's something bigger at play that we, we go along with. Yeah. And but we got to, we got to put the work in. But that being said, my, my idea was once I graduate high school, I'm, I'm starting. Um, so I graduated in, in May of 1998 from high school and I went to college at the local university, Youngstown State University, because that was the deal with my parents. They were like, because by this time, and this was pretty cool, this gave me some like validation. They were like, okay, if you really want to do wrestling, just just go to school and we'll be supportive of it. You know, oh, wow. so I was like, okay, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and this is a whole other topic for a different time too, but the, the, the system of, you know, you major in something, you know, how many... 18 year olds know what they want to do for the rest of their life. Not um, very many. Yeah. I mean, we kind of did, but it's a little yeah. <laughs> different. And I'm speaking in terms of education. So, you know, I'm an artist. I've always been an artist. I thought, I don't know. I'll, I'll go to Youngstown state. I'll major in art. And, um, my dad was like, Hey, there's a, the Beecher scholarships available. Why don't you submit your portfolio? I was like, all right. So I did that. And I got the scholarship to go to Youngstown state and, you know, I just mentioned that because I was so focused on wrestling. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go to school, whatever. But my, my main focus here is to go to wrestling school. So I'm, I'm going to uh, – I live in at home. I'm going to college. Now, here's where I can't find a school to go to. And I'd go on the internet, dude, like every day, and I'd research, and I'd find a place. I did the same. Yeah. There was a place in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, that w I went out there, and I met with them, and I knew – I was just like these guys. Shady. Yeah, never heard of them before. Never heard of them since. Yep. Um, oh, I even, um, you know, Youngstown, Ohio is right on the border of Pennsylvania. We're like an hour from Cleveland, an hour from Pittsburgh. Shane Douglas, the franchise who yes. I freaking loved, um, had a had a school in in Pittsburgh, and 
I paid a hundred and fifty dollar interview fee to to meet with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems so suspicious when you look back at it. Yeah, that interview right? fee. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but dude, I remember I went to a school, I met with them. I was like marking out. Um, that was a Sunday. Monday night, he showed up on Nitro, and I never heard from him again. Oh you know? man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like stuff like that would happen. Um, I would. Uh, oh, th- this is kind of funny because it. It ties in with Al Snow. I found a school and um, it was some. Oh, it was in Columbus, Ohio, which is just a few hours from me. And it was called Al Snow's Body Slammers Gym. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they were in. They were just a, like a few hours from my house because everything had to. The only thing stopping me from up and moving and, and going anywhere in the country was I was in school, so I yeah. couldn't leave. And um, Al Snow's Body Slammers Gym had four wrestlers on the website that were trainers uh brian ireland was this one guy's name sweet stevie lee and these guys were pretty reputable on the indie scene i remember anyway i i went to a uh a wrestling show in youngstown came to my hometown and i, I went there specifically to talk to these guys because i saw they were going to be on the card and i met with them after the show i waited after the show and talked to them and they were like hey you know what can we do for you and i was like you guys still train at al snow's body slammers gym and they're like Oh no, dude! That that school's been shut down a long time, and um. So anyway, no I, luck. You're trying to find yeah. schools, and no luck to this point. Right, and then after, dude, it took about almost three years. Like I, it wasn't for lack of effort. Um, I hear about Ohio Valley Wrestling in Louisville, Kentucky. Actually, Jeffersonville, Indiana, right, yeah. right over the bridge, and um, you know they're they're a farm system for the you know then WWF. And I find out they have a Saturday beginners class that meets once a week on Saturday. And I'm like, Ohio Valley Wrestling. This, and, and I, I was like, how have I never heard of this before? And I remember asking Nick Dinsmore about that. He said just they didn't get a lot of coverage in the, in the magazines for whatever reason. Because I was always reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated and yeah. all the independent publications. And so I find out about this place. They, they meet once a week on Saturday. Nick Dinsmore is the trainer. And I thought, dude, this could work. I can go down on Saturday, go to school during the week. I also had a job at the country club. Um, only kind of problem was now this was six hours, a six-hour drive one way from where I lived oh in Ohio. My. Yeah. Yeah, to Louisville, Kentucky. But I thought, you know what? Um, when would you make also, the drive? Uh, f- uh, Friday night. Okay. And yeah, I had friends that went to school at Miami of Ohio, which is in that area. Um, I would stay with them on Friday I'd party all Friday Friday night, wake up at like seven. You could do that with the twenty one. Yeah. You know? And uh I'd go train. And then after about a month, Nick so when I begin training there, I, I get there and like I I look like the only guy that's ever been to a gym. And it's just a bunch of like local like Southern Indiana dudes. Yeah. Um Nick took a interest in me immediately because I had he could tell I had some a little bit of skill. And I was driving 12 hours round trip. Um, so after Showing a month, commitment, yeah. yeah, he let me stay with him, which was, which was cool. And, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause Very then nice. I, so now, yeah. So now I was getting in, I drive down on Friday night I hang out with Nick and this is where I met, you know, John Cena and uh, Rob Conway and like Orton, <laughs> you know, so I'd be getting an education um, uh, outside the ring too. We, we, we'd watch wrestling film and, smoke a lot of weed and watch, watch tape. And yep. but I was just, you know, learning a ton. So that's, yeah, that's how I, I started. 
And then, so you, you joined the beginner school there, and then, and you're around, you arguably one of the greatest classes of guys that, that go into the WWE. Nick, Nick Dinsmore, Eugene in WWE, a great wrestling teacher. Rip Rogers is down there, mm-hmm. I believe, right? So, and then did, did you eventually then, did those guys help you get a contract for that first time? Yeah, so... Now, here's what else started to happen. So when I was there about six, let's see, here here we go with dates. (laughs) I started in May, like in September, Johnny, I remember Nick telling me, he goes, some kid wants to, wants to move here from California and and sign up for the class. And it was Johnny Jeter who would end up being Johnny in the spirit squad. And also right around this time, Mark Capani joined from Syracuse, New York, who would become Muhammad Hassan. Yep. So within like four months, it was it was me, Jeter, and Mark Magnus. That's what he used to wrestle under. Yeah. And we were like like the best three guys kind of in the – well, no, it was in the class. Chris uh, – referee Chris K was there. Yeah. Him? He was I a referee. Him. He worked at Smoky time. Bones with me for a bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And um, so that, that was like – nobody had ever come out of that beginner's class and done anything up until that point. So we were like the first guys to kind of do that. Um. And so Nick would get us booked in Nashville at the fairgrounds, which was the birthplace of TNA. I wrestled um, there. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, my independent did an independent show over there actually. Oh yeah. And you know, that, that was still a lively area. That yeah. was great experience. You had a heel baby face locker room. So you, you had to call the match in the ring and, and stuff. A lot of, this is in 2001 WCW had just shut down. So there was always just like random WCW guys there like Terry Taylor and I remember one time being in the heel locker room and I uh I hear somebody go, Oh, where are all the chairs? And it was Larry Zabisco. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you just remember random moments of like guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, oh, and then at that time, WWE contract guys were able to do independent shows because we would ride down there with like Cena and and Nick. Um, Rob Conway yeah. and just learn from them and, and they they were like like Cena was newer at that time He'd only been wrestling like two years or something and OVW wasn't running as many shows, right? So they probably wanted you guys getting some experiences essentially is that correct? Yeah, yeah. and then I also the reason I went to OVW in the first place was I saw it as a business opportunity I thought dude, let me begin my career here under this close to the WWF, you know, that seems like a smart move and um, and yeah, it's like um, now I still Jeter started to get booked on the OVW TV show, which was a big deal. Yep. Um, and I I would have been, but I, I had to leave during the week because I was in school. Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, you know, I wish I wish I was down there. And uh, um, and then you know Jim Cornette wrote the TV, and uh, that, and I remember Cornette telling me himself, he said, just just he's like, you finish your school, you have a year and a half left. He's like, this isn't going anywhere, and. And sure enough, that's, you know, that's what happened. I, I, Great advice, I gradu- yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. I graduated college and uh, I didn't even walk in my commencement because, I mean, I just, <laughs> like you just, I wasn't into it. I, I moved down to Louisville immediately, like, like the next day. Yeah, oh, wow, you know? man. Yeah, because I, I had been going there for like a year and a half. So I, yeah. you know, everybody, um, I think I was dating Lourdes already. That was okay. sister. And so, uh, and then I, I we um we started doing TV all the time and and OVW TV had moved to the new arena. Yep. You know, one on Shepherdsville Road. Um, and then eventually, 
we uh, got written into the storylines, which was a big deal. Yep. And that was a, so much fun, uh, the way that OVW TV was ran. And that, I remember kind of <laughs> using that as leverage almost because they started to run more house shows, and Cornette would vouch for us, for me and Jeter and Magnus. He's like, because I was a tag champ. Jeter was uh, a tag champ, and Cornette was like, man, just sign these guys. He's like, <laughs> he's like I can't use them on my house shows, my spot <laughs> shows, because they have to work at the restaurant. <laughs> and I, I think it goes, I was going to talk to you about this too, because I remember seeing you uh, when I was in Deep South Wrestling. We, it was like it was like competition. It was like Deep South and OVW. And it, it wasn't, we weren't in any way competing, but I guess we were essentially trying to get hired by or get up to WWE. And, yeah. But they were two different schools, two different trains of thought with Bill DeMott and then Al, and, and they had other trainers at OVW at the time. But I remember seeing you, and I, I always talk about this. You had one of the best physiques. That was like the, you were like the, uh, very Rick Rude, like, I feel like, was is a, yeah. is a good comparison. Just but yeah, shredded, and, and but like, you look like you could like hurt somebody, kick somebody's ass, and but, <laughs> but go figure, you're one of the best, one of the best workers. And like, yeah. really good at making other guys look really good too, by the way. And, but I just remember seeing you, it was like, because you're not the biggest guy, like as far as the, in, there's some mon- there's right. giants. I'm not the biggest. There's right. giants in this, and, mm-hmm. and but you just you looked the part. Like you yeah, you were yeah. just there wasn't a lot of guys. I just remember when I saw you down in Deep South. I go, oh, that guy looks like a pro wrestler. So that was always my first. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, that, and especially at the time, that's like the greatest greatest compliment ever. So, yeah, thank you. Where did you see me? Did you watch? Did you guys watch film? Somebody somehow got a tape. An OVW tape showed up to Deep South and got put in, and, and <laughs> okay. like we we ended up like having to watch the whole show because Bill was like kind of creating like a like a it, it was a right. very it was kind of a negative vibe, and like right, not right. not on the talent, but just like no, these guys I don't totally train hard. That. We train hard. We're the better school, and it's like a bunch. You realize a bunch of. Like it's all right. like, why is that even necessary? It's not even necessary at all. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Hey, let's watch it. Maybe learn something wrestling wise. Like, right. God forbid. Right. Maybe we could become better wrestlers. So when we start doing shows, we know how to work. Cause I yeah. didn't know anything at the time. And yeah, yeah, no, it was, but I was going to tell you that period in wrestling was, I'm always thankful. Cause I talk about it like with, for me, like steroids in the, when I was 20 to 24 and like, it was an, it was a completely different environment. And it was like a, I'm so thankful that that, for the most part, not to say stuff doesn't exist or go on and whatnot, but that because whenever you like put people in a competitive atmosphere, whatever some people start doing, other people are going to start doing to try to keep up, especially if you see those people getting rewarded and whatnot for things. You know what I mean? And it, it was like, there's a no, it's like pro bodybuilding. I always say it's like bodybuilder A is doing all this stuff and bodybuilder B keeps coming in second place. So then bodybuilder B then just starts taking more drugs. And it's like, it's not a good end game with that because there really is no end game except for sacrificing our health. So if you just eliminate it, then it's like health becomes the number one priority and, and then you don't have to focus. You still obviously, you want everyone to look as good as they possibly can, but it's a more level playing field on that. And, and people are always going to try to, I think, find ways and whatnot. But if you at least have repercussions on it, but in that period, there were no repercussions <laughs> And everybody seemed like everybody, like when I got down into the rest, I was like, everybody was doing something. It seemed like, and it was just, yeah. it was, I was like, man, but you always just struck me as a guy that you were very intelligent with, with what you did. You didn't go overboard or anything of that nature. Like, and you just, you, but you just looked the part, like you just, you looked like a pro wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks dude. 
But into that point, I, I agree. Um, I probably went a little crazy from like, yeah, right when I got signed through like, for yeah, a couple of years there. But it, you described it perfectly. You know, it's kind of like you um, you felt like, dude, this is my responsibility to look the best I possibly can. Yeah. So if I'm not doing everything in my power, whether it's, you know, legal or moral or you know whatever, I, I need to be doing all that. And and you're right, it made it 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 was also too just so normal at least in my perception i had some skewed views on some stuff like at the time we, we all we all do when we're younger i suppose but yeah it, i felt like if yeah if you weren't on the gas it was just like dude you know you weren't trying it, it was like yeah, almost yeah. like you, you, the guys all oh, these are what these guys are willing to do to succeed i need to i i want this just as bad and it's it's a, it's a horrible it was, it, it's not a good thing but but it, again oh, everyone's no. young adolescent mindsets and like yeah that's what happens when you put talent in a competitive atmosphere like that. And it gets really, it can get out of hand really quickly, but great point. I was very thankful for that because I remember in, in, in talking about this, cause I've known you kind of on both sides and got to know you better on the second time around when you were hired, but you get hired that first time around there and you're then you're just on everything essentially with OVW. What, when were you or when were you hired that first time? Yeah, it, it was um, November of 2003, and I remember we got out of practice kind of early, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a funny story. I, I ended up, Dr. Tom was the head of talent at the time. Yeah, love him. And Yeah, he's he's awesome. And I remember telling him the story, I think when we were, when we were in Florida. So we got out of practice, and uh, Joey Mercury had just come to, to OVW, and he was Joey Matthews, yep. no contract. Uh, yeah, I I knew who Joey was. I, I I he'd been I think wrestling like ten years at that point or something. He was only like one of the most knowledgeable guys and in hell of a physique. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. So anyway, him and Mickey James were a couple then, and we would always hang out at their house. And we got out of we got out of practice early. It was like eleven thirty. I remember it took a huge bong rip, <laughs> <laughs> and my phone rings, and it's a two hundred three number. It's Stanford, Connecticut. And I'm like, hello. And it's Dr. Tom is, hey, Chris Cage, Dr. Tom, how you doing? <laughs> I'm like, good. And and, he's, and I'm like, okay, this is good. I think Tom's calling me. And he's like, hey, what's your address in case I were to uh, send you, like, you know, a WWE contract? And I was like, oh, shoot, it's freaking awesome. But I was like, at the same time, like, stoned out of my mind. <laughs> and I was like. I would have been so paranoid that somebody was playing yeah, well, a prank yeah. on me or that I. <laughs> Said something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like it was kind of like ruining it, but it, it really didn't. I was just like, um, okay, and, you know. Then I remember I came back inside and I told Joey and Mickey somebody probably. Oh, yeah, Mar Mark Muhammad Hassan got signed. Him and I were roommates at the time. Yep. Him and I got signed together. I knew he was going to get signed because he, Doctor Tom, asked me for Mark's number, and um. So yeah, so I I got the call that I got the contract, which was like you know the main goal. Yep. And I I went back to our place and Mark was on the couch sleeping, and I was like, dude, wake up! I was like, you're about to get signed. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, shut up, dude! Like he thought I was messing with him. Yeah. There's other guys that that's happened to where they've got called. I remember, and then like I remember I can't remember the exact people. A couple people have hung up on people where they called to hire him because they thought it was a joke, and uh, <laughs> it's not the call you want to hang up on on that if that's what no. the goal is, you know. That, that, that happened. To, remember Jack Bull when, when Dusty Rhodes called him? Yep, that's one of the guys I was thinking about. Fearless Jack yes. got a call from Dusty Rhodes about his Fearless Jack uh, Bull character, and 
and he uh, thought he was ribbing him, or thought he didn't think it was thought it was somebody impersonating Dusty and hung up on him, right? Yes, because I, I never seen it, but Raising Arizona with Nicolas Cage, he, he plays a character. There's a character with a motorcycle, and yes. he puts the baby in the, and and I guess they wanted to do something like that. And Dusty goes, "Hey Jack, can you ride a motorcycle?" And Jack goes, "No, never have." And Dusty goes, "Okay, see ya." <laughs> And, and dude, that was like the end of it. He got released shortly thereafter, yeah. essentially. So it's it's a call you definitely need to uh, if, if that you know is the goal to answer. Yeah, take seriously. The so so you're hired now. You're you're going strong at OVW, and then to catch back up to where we started off with all this, I think I I get down from Deep South Wrestling. I get transferred over. How long had you been hired now at this point? That when I probably got down there. Yeah, so I was there for, um, let's see, late 03. So, so about two and a half years. And, yeah, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it, it goes both ways. Part of it's on me, I guess. But, um, you know, I was the guy, I would go up and do house shows. The first time I ever did a WWE house show, I was freaking out. I didn't know anybody, really. Yep. All the guys I knew, like, seen them, they were on Raw. I did a SmackDown house show. Is this your first and, match? Your first uh, For WWE? Yeah. Yeah, and um, it, it was me and Fanaki versus the Bashams. Oh man! And uh, yeah, and like I didn't know what to expect. And uh, dude, it, there was a point I remember I had um, I had Doug Basham in an armbar. I knew I knew Doug and Dano from OVW uh, a guys. little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had I had Doug in an armbar, and I remember thinking, um, dude, this is like like I can be here. I can be up here. This is the same thing. It's just on a larger stage. This is the big time. Um, and, and like, I got, yeah, great reports. And, and so then I, I would go, I would go up and, um, go on the road. And then, I, um, Tommy dreamer called me. He's like, yo, you're, you're booked. Um, you're booked all of March. This is early Oh five. And I was like, awesome. And, and, uh, I go and do a dark match with Chris masters and, uh, I tore my peck. I remember this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so then I was, I was out for a little bit and then when I, I healed, I came back, it was the summer of Oh five and, uh, Tommy called me again. He's like, yo, Val Venus got hurt. They need a baby face. And, um, yeah, so I, I did more house shows and then, um, the mid, the Miz and I, let me see if I remember this now. I remember this now. Yeah. You guys have started tagging, right? Yeah. We tagged the whole summer of, Oh Okay, this was it. Matt Capitelli and the Miz were yes. gonna be a tag team. Cap got a concussion or something. Yep. And me and the Miz um, did the whole summer together, um, raw house shows, and working WWE live events the whole summer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And and man, you know, so I'm making good money because I'm getting my developmental pay plus yeah live event pay shit. right. Yep. Yeah. And it was kind of never really. It was. I was always kind of holding the place for Cap until he came back, and um, and then I remember talking. Oh, because Tommy Dreamer was head of developmental at this time. Doctor Tom had gotten fired, and Dreamer was in there. And I remember Dreamer Dreamer telling me, "He's got. They, they like you and Miz now too." But then Matt came back and were like, "Yeah, it's it's uh going to be Capitelli and the Miz. They're going to be a a real world reality show tag team." So I was kind of out of the picture. Then I'm like, "Dang, dude, I'm I'm back in developmental." Yep. And this is like late 2005. Which is a um, real bummer when you get the because everyone's goal is to get out of there and right, yeah. yeah. And you know they're just like, yeah, you're really good, but we don't know what to do with you. And then here's where 
it gets kind of crazy. So I'm back in OVW and I've been in developmental for like two years. I've done like, you know, all I can do, you know, everything that there is to, yeah. to do there. Paul Heyman was now booking TV. Yep. Remember that when he came yes. down? So I was a baby face on OVW TV, just kind of having good matches, but not really doing anything. So me and Jeter went to Paul and said, Hey, let, let me turn, let me be a heel. And, uh, Danny Davis, who, who ran OVW, they were kind of like, I don't know. And, um, like you never been a heel before. And, um, so we ended up doing it and, um, that actually, that's where I became much more comfortable was as a heel. But, um, the, the way we set it up was, <laughs> uh, Johnny Jeter and Mark Henry were like running, running rough shot through OVW <laughs> Jeter and Matt Capitelli had just done a huge program together down there because they were a tag team and Jeter turned on them and had like Mark as his heater. Yep. Um, so we set up the angle where I approached Cap and was like, man, I got your back, dude. And it's going to be me and Capitelli versus Mark Henry and Johnny Jeter. And it, it's a it's a big OVW show because it's the last show of the of the of the year in 2005. And I turn on Capitelli now when I turned on him. There's a lot more going on here. So, you know me. I'm a really safe worker. I've never injured anybody. The lightest guy I've ever been in the ring with. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, actually, I actually remember telling you, I think, I say, hey, can you hit me a little harder so I know? Oh, yeah, oh, I think, I I think you hit me from behind once, and it was so light I didn't feel it, and I, I couldn't sell because I didn't know you hit me. It, right, it was, right, it, yeah. A true professional. Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> so, that being said, I, when I hit Matt, when I hit Matt, dude, I knocked him out. He just dropped. And I, I, yeah, I knew immediately that he, um, he was out. He, he, he was not out cold. He was just like really knocked loopy and yeah. he was going cage. What happened? And I was like, Oh shoot. So I said, uh, okay, just listen to us. And this is kind of funny where what needed to happen next was he, he gets slammed by Mark Henry a bunch of times <laughs> and we're, me and Jeter are talking Matt through it. And what's kind of funny is Matt is out on his feet pretty much. So he's dead weight. So, if it was anybody other than Mark Henry picking him up and slamming him, I don't know if you could have slammed him. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, we took care of him, of course. And, uh, so then, uh, we get to the back and I felt horrible. Matt starts coming too, uh, cause remember he, he had a concussion in the summer and he was out. That's why I yep. re replaced him on the live events. And, uh, so I go to the hospital with him after the show and I start to feel better because, I can tell he's feeling a lot better. He he's laughing now. He's like, "Cage, dude, don't worry about it. I'm fine." And he gets a CAT scan, and that's when we found out he had brain cancer. I didn't. I completely. I didn't realize you were in the one that hit him on that. Yeah, yeah. That, wow. Uh, Which was the biggest so, blessing ever for at the time for that to because. Right. Isn't that. Isn't that wild. Yeah. So he, you know, that happens, and um. You know, we go to Christmas break, and then, like, immediately, oh, dude, in fact, I, I'm right back on the road. I remember Howard Finkel called me because he was one that would call you to yep. book you. He said, hello. I remember him saying, he's like, um, you are back on the road. He's like, unfortunate for Matt, but that's good for you. That's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> you know I always I mean? pictured the Fink is sitting in, in the WWE office in a pair of whitey tighties just eating fudgesicles. As he made the calls. I had another joke about fudge. Because me and you used to talk about fudge sickles with a couple guys. Fink right. is another one that I pictured in whitey tighties with eating fudge sickles with chocolate <laughs> running down his chest. Just doing the voice. Telling guys that they're booked. 
the, the, the we'll see, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the other guy, JC. Uh, he, remember you said he eats another one and it just feels even more defeated, so he just opens up another yeah, box. I, I could tell that story real quick. The, the guy, John Cutler in FCW, great physique, <laughs> super nice guy. But my favorite part of promo class, which we'll get into down the, was me and you would kind of have a really good observations, I felt like, to pop ourselves of yeah. different things going on to get us through these days. And one of the things, the theories I had was Cutler was always leaning in shape, but he wasn't quite as lean as he could have been. And I was like, he would diet really good, but I felt like he caved in at night and would go through a box of chocolate fudge sickles. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then just felt completely defeated afterwards. And then we would get, that was always the day before promo day that he would do the fudge sickles from stress for the promo day. And then he would come in a little defeated on promo day. Yeah. Cutler's corner. Cutler's corner. Oh yeah, he's, man. He's a good dude. So the we trying to get lead up to the the night oh, we all went I out. Get, yeah, eventually. It, but you, sorry, you're going on about Matt. When that happened with Matt, the right. you turned on him. So I'm right back on the road. In fact, um, in in and then it's just like, okay, are, are me and the Miz going to be a team or not? Um, finally, like in March, they were like, yes, we we we're bringing you guys up together gonna be the same thing um re- reality tv stars was gonna be the gimmick yep um and so um we, we were doing all the raw shows and then we were gonna debut on smackdown in feud with eminem like right away which was awesome because yeah. me and mercury were roommates at the time we were really good buddies we're still friends today but you know this is awesome we're gonna oh and, and nitro yep. for John Morris. Guy. yeah yeah such a good dude and um, we're like, awesome. So, oh, and they, did I ever tell you this? Uh, they sent us to um, South Padre Island for spring break. And they were, WWE did, yeah. And they were like, just film yourselves and we'll use the footage for your vignettes. What a great gig that is. Right? Yeah, dude. Um, I'm lucky I didn't die. Because I was like, oh, here's a <laughs> license to party. And uh, we Imagine that back, going on today. Jesus. Right? It's And that's not that long ago. No. Um, and then when I got back, I actually got back on a, on a Thursday, the next day was Friday and that was the day we all infamous. went out. Yeah. And that's when I, when I, when all that happened with me and, um, we were set to do our, we were supposed to film our vignettes we here. So Friday night I go out. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'll experiment with this. Sure. We're all partying everybody. Yeah. Some people drinking. It was a different time back then of in. And there's yeah. this GHB going around, and some of the guys started partaking in it, and mm-hmm. it was. I just remember, just like ah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's and and so yeah, I I drink, obviously too much of it. So I, yeah, no, there, there's no room for error on that. No, that's right, and you know, thank God I can. Let me joke about it today, but at the time it was very serious. Could die, so yeah, yeah, we're out on a Friday night. Next thing I remember, uh. Actually, we went back to Miz's apartment with, with a bunch of girls. Yeah. And um, everybody, like, paired off. And the girl I was with just was, like, she, probably a very, very good girl. She was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not hooking up with anybody. Yep. So I remember thinking, all right, well, I'll drink more of this uh, GHB stuff. <laughs> that was my thought. it was sitting part. around, right? It was... It, it was. I remember it was in a Dasani bottle yeah. sitting on the counter. And next thing I remember, it's like, boom, I wake up. The next day at like 4 p.m. in the hospital, and uh, like no clue of anything, right? 
no and like mercury's there and like nova and like jeter and uh and, and i'm like you know what happened and they, they tell me what happened and um so you know and then i'm and I, I feel fine like as far as i know i passed out and woke up and they're telling me you know you had a really really you dodged the bullet there you know um then i start thinking like you know, who, who knows about this? Because this is when the wellness policy was just being instituted. Yeah. And I thought, shoot, man, this, uh, uh this, this might not look good. <laughs> you know, WWE, and the way uh, wrestlers are too, it would, it's unfortunate. It's a blessing the way everything worked out, but it would yeah. have been ideal that something like that stayed under wraps at everyone, but people unfortunately talk or, or they, right, they, yeah. they think they're helping, but then, right, yeah. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm getting a call from John Laurinaitis. This is the next day. You know, he's like, "What happened?" And um, <laughs> I try and I try like downplaying it. And I'm like, "Man, I don't know. I must have like, you know, I think somebody put something in my drink." And, uh, you know, and then he's like, "I got to talk to Vince." He's like, "He goes, you, you guys are supposed to film vignettes here on Tuesday, right?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, uh, "He goes, I don't know what to do." He goes, "I got to talk to Vince." And I was like, "Oh shoot, you know, like, dude, what, like, what's I'm supposed to debut and now like it's in jeopardy and." He calls me back like 30 minutes later and he goes, uh, uh, he goes, I told Vince what happened. And Vince said, what an idiot. And, uh, he goes, you gotta go, you gotta go away for a, for a little bit. So you got, I got fired Man. And you know, so a couple of things with that one, I think it's kind of, uh, not funny, but it, it's kind of neat that you said you like felt guilty. It's like, first of all, you know, I a hundred percent made the choice, obviously, to be partying that night. But I think it's kind of neat too that like I really didn't know that that we ended up becoming such good friends, you know, like yeah. a couple years later. It's know? funny how everything connects like with a Yeah. I was released, you got released and then we got rehired essentially after later on the same exact right. tryout and and you know, it's kind of like um like yeah, like you said, I'm very grateful for the way it went down because that was a huge turning point in my life yep. eventually. Got the ball rolling. That's no, it's a great thing though. Something negative like that, and for people listening, that you can have a what seems like the most horrific thing in your life, the most negative thing, but it's all your your reaction to it and how you take it. And we all have a choice. That, like whatever happens, happens, and then we could either just let it become us and and kind of go go the negative way with it, or we can say, okay, this happened. Take accountability, responsibility. And, and have a positive reaction to it and become a better human being because of it. And you did just that. Yeah. And, and it worked, and it worked, it worked out that way. Cause, cause you know, and, and to the point of, you know, you, you're no stranger to this, obviously it's like the way WWE can kind of treat people. It's like, it, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of, me too you know they're just like all right you're out of here dude instead of being like yo yeah. does this kid have a problem or is, does he need help they're just like yo you're gone you might that, make that was ever, before they had anything where like for talent or anything like yeah clearly like but it was a different atmosphere and it, it's very i try to tell people like how things it's something they don't treat people like humans oftentimes and i'm not gonna don't want to go off on that tangent but it's like yeah, yeah. it solely then fell on and again you made a mistake and and whatnot, and we, everyone was partying, and, and that was a very normal thing to do back then, is, is party and whatnot, and there's guys that have done a lot worse, and that happened to guys like Regal and, and Eddie Guerrero, they all overdosed on that stuff on multiple times in the, their career, and from their books and telling, and but you were just in a position where you hadn't, weren't up there yet, 
right, horrible yeah. timing, but at the same time, it was ended up being uh, one of those key moments in your life. Right, actually, wouldn't wouldn't change it. So I'm grateful for that. What did you do now when that that did you get into? Because was were you gone for about a year and a half, two years, or a year? Um, I was gone from WWE for two and a half years. Okay. Were you just we stayed at Louisville there, or did you go back home? Yeah. So like, dude, yeah, I was a a mess. So same here when I got released, I went through yeah, my whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember seeing you at the gym. Um, Probably so got, drunk. Yeah, I smelled vodka on you one time. I legit would go there just completely. Yeah, yeah I would. And I think I, I think I said something to you uh, because of that. I was like, "Hey, man, it gets better" or something. You might have, man. I just remember there was that was the lowest when I was I was drinking. I'd work all day, but I would take a break and drink, and then go work out, or I would I would. I can't remember. I just remember multiple times being full blown drunk working out, and like, but I would the the thing looking back, I look at it, and go, man, I still went and worked out every day. <laughs> like, right, that's what I was just thinking. Like I didn't no. hit rock, rock, but I still like kept everything intact. I was just drunk, a functional drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like dedication to to fit, fitness, you know. I would have that's a so dip cool. in sometimes too on the elliptical. That's why I knew I had a real problem be drunk and I'd have a dip in. I'm at the gym with my little, my little, uh, one of those workout bottles, like those turbo teas or the, the, yeah. they like the speed stack and I'd be dipping in it cause nobody could see inside the bottle. And I remember I was like, man, I'm a real Louisville redneck here. Just out drunk <laughs> on chewing tobacco, working out. Like what a loser. <laughs> yeah. But, which, <clears throat> dude, you know, and, and so, yeah, I'm at like a bottom, and I remember you. You shouldn't have got fired. I I remember being at my parents' house because that that's how well I was doing at the time. That's yeah. where things went for me. And I remember seeing you and uh, I think Seth Skyfire, Skyfire and Jack Bull. I think. Okay. Yeah. Get released together. Yeah. Yep. And I remember thinking, why why would you let uh, Reeves go? Everybody, that was the thing, but it ended up being the biggest blessing of my life. But I remember Danny Davis at OVW told me he when I when he brought me back when I came back as as Ryback he uh, he even said he goes you never should have been released and but yeah. I always I, I talk I'm actually writing my my book now I talk about it in in, in more detail of what I was told on why it all happened everything mm. with like I always got along with Al I thought but I, I there definitely was something involved with that um, yeah and because it was a random thing but it ended up being. It, it sucked at the time, but it ended up fueling me to what I eventually became. So, you, you know, it was, again, taking a negative and turning it into a positive. And we're all going to get yeah. knocked down at different points in life. So yeah, yeah. that was one of yep. the times I got knocked down. I, when I, wasn't, I didn't think I was going to get knocked down, but I did, and it happened. Yeah, so. yeah. But, so let, when we get rehired, I remember I, I, I'm, back, I'm, I'm back at OVW. I'm, I'm trying to get through all my problems. I'm pulling it together. I remember I discovered the secret and like on my mind, I was starting to get more positive, a more positive mindset and get a lot of my problems under control. And, uh, and I've talked about it before, but I remember we, we had a tryout at OVW, John Laurinaitis, WWE had pulled out. And I remember like, I remember like you, me, Abraham Washington was there. Uh, and I remember he was in phenomenal shape. Uh, but it was, uh, a lot of guys that had been hired before were there that had been released and, there was a lot of people there, and we had to do promos for John Laurinaitis and do some matches on the fly. And I remember, I remember uh, you got called into the office. Did you get called into the office first? On that day? Yeah. No, I I asked. So 
Yeah, the way that went, it was in September of 2008, and yeah, I, I like left and did some indies, but I, I moved, I was gone for like a year, then I came back to Louisville because I just saw it as, I mean, I don't know, OVW is the place to kind of hang around. I didn't want to leave there when I got fired because I figured yeah. I go, why am I? I'll never get. How am I going to get back here? I'm already That's here. Exactly how I yeah. felt. That's exactly how I felt. So, I, I went home, and like a year later, I I came back and um. I talked to Danny. He said, "Yeah, you can come back." And uh, so, um, you know that WWE pulled out in February. I remember, and then um, so OVW was still there. And I remember they were just their own, you know, OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, their promotion. And um, then I remember rumors were circulating that hey, John's going to come through here. And yeah, that led up to that time where he came and the time you were just describing. And dude, I had this feeling like. I've cleaned my act up. I know I'm, you know, living the best, I'm living the right way today, and and I'm doing it for me. You stopped drinking it. and everything, right? Like you were, yeah, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm like, they're they're gonna hire me back. I was, I just had this feeling, but yeah. then I would tell my, you know, you just get that intuition, and I, then my head would say, dude, you know, you just don't get your hopes up, and I just had this feeling like, you know, keep keep doing what I'm doing, and they're gonna hire me back, and so. When John came, dude, you remember there was probably what, like sixty guys there? Yeah, there were a lot of guys at that. Yeah. It was supposed to be a, like a private tryout at first, and then it turned into <laughs> right. just everybody being there. <laughs> yeah, dude. And when we were done, I just felt, you know, the uh, like, I just felt it. To, John was standing right there, and I said, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" And he said, "Sure, come on in here." And we went in that little promo room, and I said, uh, "You know, I just spoke from the heart." I was like, "Actions speak louder than words," but you know, I'm not around you. So I can tell you, I've, I've done some things to straighten myself out. And, and he said, well, you know, I hated to fire you in the first place. And uh, he goes, would you be willing to go to Florida? Now I thought he meant for a tryout. The yeah. FCW. And I said, I would love to go to Florida. And he's like, all right. And, you know, and he's like, well, he's like, you're on my list. So, you know, um, so did you talk to him that day too then? Yeah. He called me in the back and I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I've talked about it before. I wasn't, uh, my mind though, I was a lot more positive. I had it on my goal board. I wanted to get rehired, but he called me to the back and, uh, and we're sitting there and, uh, I just remember thinking like, I was in like kind of shock that it was because I, I would, had, had been a mess, not that far off from that. And yeah, and I just had gotten it together. And, but I remember he go, huh? Oh, yeah, right, but what do you, uh, I don't do the Johnny voice as good as I can, hold on, I got to try to get the Johnny voice, I can't, but he goes, what are you, uh, 2930, and I go, I go, uh, and I'm 26, <laughs> and I remember being really like, I go, do I look like I'm 30, I've been drinking too much, and uh, like, he got, he was really shocked that I was 26 still, I was about to be 27 maybe, or yeah. 26, I was, or 25, about to be 26, I yeah. think, and uh, I just remember that was, but he, he rehired me, same thing, he's like, you, you want to move to Florida, and I was just like, do I want to move to Florida? Yes. Like, right, dude. Living right. in Louisville, Kentucky. Like, sign me up. <laughs> that's, that's, ex dude, that's exactly, I think that's why we bonded so well. Cause, you know, cause we really run around each other that much. No. And then we get rehired together and like, yep. with similar, similar stories. Both and, had down yeah, periods and then got rehired. And like, yeah, we all had to yeah. move kind of the same time and then going to a new place and we don't know anybody. A new, right. so we kind of migrate towards the, the, few of us that knew each other right yeah and i think and um it was like dude i get we get our jobs back and you get to move to tampa yes yes sign me up dude i and, miss it out there man i loved i loved living there it, it was yeah. very peaceful and 
I remember going to St. Pete Beach sometimes at night and just like, man, I, I'm glad I, I would I'm glad I live I love Vegas, but I, I really do miss it. I would love to I would love to have a place somewhere around there just because it's it's a whole different environment than yeah. than, you know, Vegas or, or Louisville that we were at. Yeah. But I have very fond memories of us in Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh oh, with everything is it, it was some of the we had a lot of laughs down there just as far as some of the shenanigans and you were, you know, straight lace on track. I, I got back on track. I'd stopped drinking for some time. Then I was able here and there I was able to, and, but I had to stop it for a while and, and just get back, back on track. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Tom Pritchard was in charge. It was like such a fun environment looking back. Dude. Uh, when we got for yeah, some of my, cause there's a lot of good times, but some of my, if not the funnest time, was yeah fcw like 2009 yep you had yeah dr tom ran it and norman in in norman steve smiley Kerr. yep steve Kerr. yeah and they were both so awesome and chill but you know, laid back but they like you respected I mean, them and they would like they right. knew when they had to be firm and like yes yep and, and steve never steve was like a dad i remember he would just always be walking around fixing stuff yeah, no, he was just, yeah, he just, I look back at that and like, cause he's not affiliated with them anymore that I, I don't think with, with NXT, so. yeah. but I was like, man, like, and I remember you sent me a picture, I think before of the old FCW building empty or was it something else? And it, yeah, and it made me was, sad. Cause it, it's like, that yeah, was our, where we yeah. got hired out of, you know? Right. And, and I, I remember when we got there, I remember being impressed. WWE, WWE developmental had, had, had gone up. Yep. several notches um with the production because you know dusty was there and they had the whole you never had you had a wwe style arena with the lighting and everything yeah. and the sound system and it was really uh three practice rings and then the, yeah. the main arena the little trainer's room and yeah bathrooms that like like it was just it was a nice setup and like now that they have the performance center it's a whole other level which is a whole right yeah which it just the evolution grown, yeah grown. And it was that was so fun, uh, and 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 then you know he said we meet new guys, and then you know the, the crew down there was was great. Yes, you had like Heath Slater and Wade Barrett, Fandango, Fandango. yeah, <laughs> yeah, Gabe, <laughs> Sheamus. There were there were so many everybody. A lot of the current roster and stuff was, was down there, and it was it was a great group yeah. of guys. And we had Dusty was the promo guy, and yeah, training. I remember it was just such a it was such a great atmosphere. And I look back, I go, that was probably the greatest atmosphere I was ever involved in with pro wrestling. And that yeah. was under Dr. Tom and Dusty and them. And uh, and again, it was firm. It was very competitive. But it was, it was you were allowed to have fun, I feel like, to a degree. Yeah. It wasn't as, you weren't as worried about getting fired, I feel like, as maybe no. in the past at different points. And it, I'm sure it still existed. But as we said, old John Cutler was sweating it, I feel like, from time to time. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite... I remember with you, because this is when Step Brothers came out. It's one of those memories that is just engraved in my brain. And I, I remember I just, because you just love to laugh, and we would just do the stupidest things. And I remember we, we put boats and hose, oh. we burned it onto a CD, and, uh, <laughs> and put it on blaring in the car, driving by the West Shore Mall, with the boats and hose, boats and hose, gotta have me, my boats and hose. Yeah. And, and just people looking at us, like, what is wrong with it? And it was, that song, it's a real hit now, but it was, Back then, it was fresh. And... Dude, that reminds me of uh, from the line of Rama on Step Brothers. And uh, remember, we, we were going to go to Taco Bell. Oh, because we used to go to that Taco Bell. 
Which, yes, I had that down. Yeah. You would sometimes yeah. pop me with your orders. <laughs> yeah. And we were going there one time, and I stopped at a McDonald's or something. And you said, oh, you wanted to come here? And I was like, I was driving. I said, yeah, I just wanted to get, like, I forget what I said. But really, I was there. I just said, hey, you got, you got, it's on the menu. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I was so confused because I, I thought we were going there for food. And it was, yeah. it was a really sudden turn in there. It was, but that's the kind of stupid things you just do to just entertain that's ourselves. So Which was from Step Brothers, the, the deleted scenes. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, I remember another, another Fletcher Chase being hired, a great guy, Jason Garrison, who I lived with there for a bit. Yeah. And then Jason fell madly in love at some point down into all of our surprise with somebody. Like it went from zero to like Dude, a thousand yeah. overnight. He, the, and, and they're still to get, they have a kid together. Yeah. Right? Full blown, which ended up being a great, like, yeah. Defining I, moment in his life. But yeah, at the time I remember it was, he started because we, we, we always liked to laugh and it was, I, we'd always get to practice early. You wanted to be there and, and make sure because stretching, you don't want to be late. And, and if somebody was late every once in a while, nobody really cared, but oh, that's right. Fletcher, <laughs> Fletcher started showing up like with two monsters in his hand and like, after like eight o'clock or whenever we'd have to be, we'd be stretching and he'd come in like in a, in a frenzy. And I remember thinking like, <laughs> Oh, this girl's like, it, it's, this is bad. This is bad. And cause yeah. And you, you needed, a, what would you say? At least like seven minutes to take your time, putting your boots on. That was the thing. It took time to get your gear on and then yeah, you get pads. go, you know, take a piss or something and get ready. And like, yeah, you, know, you got to stretch as a group and, but I remember me and you, there were a couple of times we, we'd ride together, me, you, and Fletcher. And sometimes our good little buddy, Steve Lewington, another yes. hell, hell of a guy and, uh, on occasion. But Fletcher, it was, uh, he was starting to get panicked. He, he like After shows, he'd want to meet up with her right away. And I remember there were a couple of times I, I like taking go or missing exits or like kind of taking longer routes. And like, and he was following us. Yeah. And I remember like looking back, I go, man, that was. It, yeah. it was all in good fun, it, like but ribbing each right. other. But it was uh, those are yeah. always the memories that stick in my mind. Just the stupid things we would do during shows or after during all that period. It's, yeah, it's, we pranked the hotels. Remember? Oh, I forgot about that. Which dude? There's a there's a. I was talking to somebody about this just the other day because it was the principle of asking, and uh, you know, um, and because you would call a hotel and you'd say hi, uh, I'm in town, and you say something ridiculous. So I'm t- <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah. And the punchline, it was the same every time. You'd say, for example, hey, how much is it for one night? And they'd say, it's $100. And you'd go, oh, okay, great, thank you. So if I was going to stay for three days, how much would it be? And she'd go, that would be a total of $300. And you'd say, you son of a... <laughs> it was from Which... the Arnold soundboards. And I was, it right. was, the, the payoff was, is, you son right, of a... Right. <laughs> but... The, the point I was illustrating to a friend the other day was, dude, almost every time they would go, oh, okay, sir, well, let's see if we can get you something else. Yeah. And they'd give you like a cheaper rate. I, I would get better rates for the for the <laughs> hotel room I never wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. <clears throat> so speed up to speed up here on this and catch everyone. So you start tagging with Trent Beretta and FCW, and you guys, you guys get called up as the Dude Busters eventually. When right. was that? Um, yeah, so that was, uh, like, oh, that, that, that we were there for just like a year, like exactly a year. We, um, we had a tag match in, uh, in front of, um, somebody edge edge was down yep. for, for some, and he must, 
He, yeah, he was in FCW in um. Oh, because Hawkins knew Edge from the Edgeheads, and Hawkins had been in FCW at this point, and um, so we would like ride to shows with Edge, um, and then I got. The story I got was Edge told Michael Hayes, dude, just bring Brett and Croft up. They're really good. Just bring these guys up already. Yeah. And that's how it happened. That's um, crazy, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things where um, you know, they didn't have much planned for us, but they I got a call and saying, Hey, you're you're you need to be a TV on Tuesday. It was like a Thursday. Yep. And it's like, okay. And then we debuted on ECW like that week. And um and, and dude, ECW was fun because it it never got messed with. They would write the show, and it was like FCW in the sense of like, yeah, they'd write the show. It never changed, and you'd find out what you're doing at like two o'clock. And you're like, all right, sweet. Which is unheard of up there because usually right, Raw yeah. and SmackDown, that's not the case at all. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, and then when ECW shut down, they used to film it the same day as SmackDown, and then like we, and then we debuted on SmackDown the same night against Crime Time. Yep. So like, oh, yeah. And then you guys, I mean, I always. I always tell people this. It always, um, because you just go and you do what you're told up there and you play the role that you're given and, and you make the most of any opportunity and, and that's all you can do. That's all anybody there does. And you yeah. just, no matter what the role is, it, it's like acting. You just take the role, you embrace it, and you go out and you, you try to just nail it and hit a home run with whatever it is, whether it's winning, losing, or just doesn't matter. Up top of the card, bottom of the card. Mm-hmm. But I always... The Dude Busters, everybody liked the Dude Busters, I feel like. You guys, just yeah. a fun tag team, whether you're baby faces or heels. But, like, I I always told people, too, for me, this it always blew my mind. And, and again, it, I think it's a blessing with the way everything has worked out in your life and who you are now. And that talent, like, WWE needs... They, you, you should, never should have been released. Like, I feel like it, uh, it's one of those things, and again, it, they have the right to do whatever they want, but I remember, like, you were great at making other people look really good, and I feel like, too, because like, not everybody's going to be in the main event slot, and but you need you need guys that are that love the business, that love wrestling, and these are the guys I feel like I speak up for oftentimes that you need mm-hmm. to treat really well because they're the ones that allow your business to exist and, and thrive and these other talents to thrive. But you always were great at going out there and making other people look great, and you always had a great attitude. You were liked by everybody. You look like a million bucks, an attractive man. Mm-hmm. Like There's not right. like <laughs> right, yeah. you look at it, you're like, well, what are the knocks on them? Oh, there, there are none. And it's like, and no matter what role you were given, you always succeeded at it and, and gave everything. And like, and it was always just kind of was odd to me that you wouldn't want talent like that around that could just very versatile in any role that you want to give them, but also had a good attitude about it. Cause never, I've never seen you angry or anything as far as when wrestling and all that. Yeah. And, and did you, did, when you were up there, I mean, did you see that coming at all? In the period when you did get released up there, no. And thank you, by the way, it's for the compliment. Uh, no, because until that point, I thought they would keep me around for that. You know, kind of how um, remember how Jimmy Wang Yang was yeah. used, and um, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, great workers, Shannon Moore. Yep. Um, and who I just saw, by the way, he's in Tampa. Here. Okay, I ran into him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, when when. When I got yeah, when when they called me, I, yeah, I was surprised and um, and, but you know, wow, it was, 
yeah, it, it was a, a blessing because uh, I was talking as John, as I was talking to Johnny, he was giving me the you know the whole spiel. Um, you know, couple things. One, it was a completely different conversation than than the one back in 06, you know, the, yeah. when I got fired for, you know, screwing up, you know, John was so nice. He's, he's like, you know, he's like, this is, it's a revolving door up here. He's like, you know, you can come back. I'll help you get booked in Puerto Rico and in Japan. You know, they always, and as he's saying that, I was just like, you know what, man? I was like, I, I think I'm going to be done, which, you know, and I, I felt I was embarking on a new era of my life, Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, uh, and, and also, part of it is, you know, people were like, how come you haven't done indies or anything? And it's just like, man, part of it was my last match was that week up there. It was the dark. We had the dark. It was me and Luke Gallows with Goose as our ref. And th yep. the next day, we all got released together. And, you know, I kind of wow. feel like, ah, oh, Drew, one of my best buddies in wrestling. Goose, one of my good buddies from wrestling. And yeah, I was love with Goose. WWE. Yeah. It was just kind of a cool way to, to you know, end it. And, um, and so, yeah, and, and I just kind of was at peace with it. Now, you know, nobody likes being told they're not needed. And, and the other thing was, um, okay, I, I'm 30 now. I've wrestled my entire twenties. You know, now what do I do? But it's tough. Yeah. You know, so, but that, that helped, you know, that, those are the things that help our experiences and, and, and we grow and we build into who makes us who we are into the next phases of life you know yeah and i want to point out too and for people because this is, ties in a little bit to a lot of things that i talk about and you mentioned you were up there for about a year right with w yeah, wwe yeah. right that and i i tell people that it, it, when you get released like that and it, it's like you see what it is and, and then it's like well what for me and, and what i feel like and i talk to other guys there, and it's like once you see what it is kind of too it's never kind of i think what we think it's gonna be um yeah. In some ways, so the the expectations of like once you're released, it's like it, it's that's why you often see when guys do very rarely will you see the the motivation to want to necessarily return. But I say this the financially, like you you're we're not set for life or by any means. Like the it, it's those guys that you they take advantage of guys for two to three years typically. A lot of guys where in people think oh you're a WWE superstar, but the money. Especially because they they treat you sometimes how they book you, and they and they and your pay goes down, and for these things that you, but the work is the exact same. You're on the road the exact same. Your expenses are the same, but you're yeah. just helping another guy get over. It's like, and you're 30 years old. It, it's a different. What do you do? You don't. You, you're not financially set. You might be okay for a bit, but like you, you got to work. Right. And right. Like, yep. And I remember you told me like you couldn't file for unemployment or anything, right? Because you were an independent contractor. Right. I, I tried to do it just, just to get some extra money. Yeah. You know, I was okay. Until you figured right. out what you were going to do, essentially. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, so, again, you look back, everything's a blessing. And it was that you you got your degree, and then you were able, because what, what point, because you're a school teacher, at what point, and one hell of a school teacher from what I've heard <laughs> from the kids' yeah, message boards telling the big guy, oh, Mr. Pavone is teacher of the year. The, the Did you decide that, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go? Yeah. So, you know, once I kind of made up my mind that, you know, I was at peace with being done with wrestling. Um, uh, oh, by the way, th th now this was another time we hung out a lot because this is when you were injured. That's correct. Yeah. I broke my ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things, you know, I had some savings. You, you obviously you don't want to 
to your point of not being set for life, you don't want to live off your savings. But I had, I had some of that, and you get three months severance pay, so yeah. which wasn't a ton, but um, so part of it was I, I remember thinking the day I it was a Friday, the day I got Johnny called me, I, I was supposed to do a um, uh, there was an FCW show that night that Alfred was in charge of, yeah, and it was yeah, it, it was an autograph signing, and it was like it was gonna be me, Trent, like Punk was there. Beth Phoenix. Um, I just remember those those names. But uh, yeah. anyway, I remember thinking, oh, well, I don't have to go there tonight. My night's free. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> to that point, like I kind of just, you know, hung out and, and relaxed a little bit. And, um, and and then when it was time, like, OK, I, I need I need to start making some income. Uh, I got a a catering job. And I remember dude, this. Yeah. Yes. And this is when you were injured. Yeah. And um. That that was so good for me because like it, it it was humbling like in a in a in a positive way, you know it's just like, you know, that's something I couldn't have done you know four years prior. I yeah. Been, my, it would have been too, um and, and and this was so funny too because this this rarely happened but at that catering job I'm standing there with another guy that's working that gig, and I, I oh I I had since cut my hair and yeah. shaved my dude buster sideburns and we're just talking and he's like so uh. He's like, what bring? He's like, where are you from? And I told him Ohio. And I, he's like, how'd you end up in Florida? I said, well, I was a, I was a pro wrestler. I was used to be with the WWE. And he looks at me and he goes, Kalen Croft. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, what are you doing here, man? I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm not wrestling anymore. I just, um, was making some money. <laughs> People assumed you should be in a mansion on the hills, and uh, right. yeah. And, and that's what the, well, I'll tell you that in a second. So, you know, then I was like, okay. Uh, let me inventory, l- let me do a, and this is what I can help people with today is transitioning. And, and I thought I like kids. I found out I can use my art degree to get my foot in the door into teaching. Yep. Uh, and, uh, I, I sent my resume out and I was like, nobody's going to hire me with no experience. And the second interview I got, I got hired. Um, cause you know, WWE did look cool on the resume. Yeah. You know, it's a cool. And I remember telling you, I was like, dude, I was like, I got the freaking job. Yep. It, it had been like seven, seven or eight months, um, you know, but I needed some a steady, a steadier paycheck coming in. Yeah, yeah. And You have you know, to do that, something that you can't just sit around. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, right. And so, um, and that was really, you know, it was a whole new career. And, and um, dude, I was like so scared because I was like, I know how to wrestle. I know how to perform in front of thousands of people. I was like, this, I don't know what I'm doing, being a teacher. And, uh, but, you know, it all... It all worked out, and uh, um, oh, and then so I was gonna say the the kids will ask me that even to this day. They go, Mister Pavone, you were in the WWE, so why do you work here? <laughs> they they don't understand. It's... <laughs> oh, like, is your house big? I'm like, yeah, we have a nice little house in South Tampa. <laughs> but that's just that's the perception that they have. They think sometimes, and it, it's yeah, it's. I think it's a great thing though. Like you're again one of my favorite stories of somebody working for WWE and in. in having your ups and downs and then transitioning, I feel like just as good as anyone in, in just kind of in adapting and in, in taking on something new and in challenging yourself. But it's like, you're, you're doing a lot of good. You're working with kids, you're helping kids, you influence kids. And it, it's to me, that's one of my favorite things because you, you're probably one of the most positive people that I know. And oh, again, we all have go through, have negative moments and things of that nature. Everyone's human, but you, you just always have had a good approach towards things. And I think I remember, uh, for me, when, when you started the Chris Pavone show, which is available on iTunes, correct? 
all podcast yeah, platforms. It, yeah, yeah, any podcast app. Which, by the way, I just found out. You know, are you are you on Spotify or are TuneIn? We're on Spotify, yeah. Okay, because there's a newer thing now that I, I have to upload separately to, to Spotify. I just haven't done it, but really, I gotta go. I'll check because we're with Lipson on this now. But yeah, I know. Yeah, we're that's on, me too. Are you with Lipson but, uh, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ended up. They're really good. Oh, I, mean, I love they're, Lipson. Yeah, they've been the yeah. customer, just the communication and everything. But yeah. it was. Uh, I tell people, you, it is. Uh, I'm happy to see. Like you, you started a podcast and you just got to do it. And like I didn't know anything about podcasting when I started and. You just got to kind of throw yourself out there, and and I think everybody should do one because I think it's really good for us just to have conversations and, and and work on our personal you know skills just in just being not on our phones all the time and whatnot. But your show, I listened to the last episode, man. Like it's like I really really enjoyed. It. I feel like people like you you get something from listening to your show every week, uh, just like for mm. a mind positive a positive mindset. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and that's. Uh... Yeah, I I started the podcast. Um, well, you know, after a few years of uh, of teaching, I thought, man, I I feel like I have a um, you know, a message to share with people, you know, and I get all this great experience, and uh, I started to you know get into that entrepreneurial itch, you, you know, started to which was something new that I had never explored before. So I attended a few conferences, and um, I met a guy named Cliff Ravenscraft who was there, who was like at the he doesn't do it anymore, but at the time he's one of the top podcasting coaches in the world. Okay. And, um, I, I asked him to lunch and he's just like, uh, he's, he's like, dude, you should start a podcast. And, and, and then, so I did. Um, and, and then he, uh, he started listening to it all the time. Then he was like, dude, you, yeah, you got a great message. He's like, have you ever thought about life coaching? And you know, when we're presented with something new for the first time, you kind of think like, what? I, I, no, I couldn't, do I can't that. do that. Or I shouldn't. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think that's like, you know, the universe talking to you. And um, so, yeah, so then 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 I kind of used the podcast as a platform and and started making offers to people to coach them. It's like, how do you, it's like wrestling. How do you get started wrestling? How do you start being a life coach? Well, like you just said a few moments ago, you, you, just, you just start doing it. You, you let people just know that. Yep. Yeah, that's what you're doing. And um, so, you know, and I've, I've really, I feel like with, with that, I just really have stepped my game up in the last, I'd say, six months and, uh, yeah, I, I I call myself. I am also a life coach. <laughs> no, I, I like I listen to it every episode I've ever listened to. I get something out of it. And it's like it's it's great because it's it's like twenty twenty five minutes typically. Is that kind of yeah, like the, yeah, but it, yeah, it, like it quick. <laughs> I feel you know it's but I feel like sometimes the longer shows, people don't, people everyone on their on their tighter schedules. It you know you could drive across town and listen to the Chris Pavone show and you're gonna feel better about yourself. Like because it, it, there's something. In it and it's like happy life, happy wife, happy wife, happy life. I always pop for that segment. Which Rachel is your wife? Uh, that is, how has that changed your life in the, with everything and, and having her around now for just with everything you've been through? Oh man, so yeah, that's a good question. Th- that's another positive. How you know get, uh, us getting re-signed like changed my life for the better because that brought me to Florida. And Rachel's from Miami, and. We, we we met here, you know, and um, yeah, it was just it's just the timing it, timing was was right. I was in a place where I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I I had quit like messing around and just trying to get laid and, and all that, yeah, you know, and in in I um I had changed, and I think we attract the the people, you know, of who we are, yep. and um, 
when I met Rachel, it was just like I was 32 and uh, it was the easiest thing ever. <laughs> you know, like no games. I didn't try to like, you know, try to be a dick to make her like me or, you know, any of that nonsense yeah. we try when we're maybe younger. And, uh, you know, she she actually asked me out because when I met her, we, we were with friends and I, I I was like, oh, she she was with my friend Esther and um, we, we had. Rachel and I had a mutual friend named Esther and okay. Rachel and Esther were together. And, uh, I was like, Oh, this, this girl is hot. Let me go. Let me try to start off a conversation. And <laughs> one of the first things Rachel said to me, she goes, Hey, she goes, I'm really sad because my boyfriend just broke up with me and I just wish he'd take me back. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh. yeah. And I was like, all right, she's off limits. And later she told me that was her way of like letting me know she was single, but she was like trying to play hard to get. <laughs> But I'm like in like such a good place and I'm just like, oh, she's You're not, not even gonna... trying to you're just respecting right. oh poor she's probably going yes. through a lot, but you're not you're yeah. right. <laughs> so she kind of was just like, What's this dude's deal? you know? And um after like four months, because I, I would see her, we would be you know, I'd I'd see Esther and like they'd be together, we we'd go get lunch or whatever. And um she asked me out <laughs> and she's like, Man. You ever gonna ask me out? And I was like, Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's and again, I always I always am thoroughly entertained with the happy wife, happy life portion of it because I I get valuable insight into the into the married life and just different things. It it's yeah. uh, I tell people yeah. I think it's it's honestly you have a great podcast and I hope it continues to grow in you because it it's you're like I said you're probably the if not the best person one of the best people I've met out of wrestling just and you you have I feel like you have your life together. Like, you know who you are, you're comfortable with who you are and, and you live life the right way. I feel like, and like, but, and again, in, in inspiring people, I think that we can't have enough of that in this day and age with everything going on. So I, yeah. I, I really hope everyone checks out the Chris Pavone show. Cause it is, uh, it is worth listening to no doubt. I kept you a lot longer than I, than I told you I was going to, but uh, I apologize for that. But we can oh, talk. Oh, that's quite a right. I was going to ask. I always um, everyone that I have on the show that if you like one piece of advice, if you could just narrow it down to one piece of advice, or one thing that you've learned that that's helped you in your life that you could uh, pass on to the listeners that that can maybe help them. If you could just give one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm, ooh, dude, that is such a great question. Um, okay. So one piece of advice. Oh, look at the risk of sounding cheesy or cliche. I don't care because this, this is the deal. <laughs> yeah. One piece of advice would be, dude, if you have a dream, a desire in your heart to do something, no matter how crazy it sounds. In fact, the crazier, the better, um, you know, 12 year old kid wanting to be a pro wrestler. seemed insane. But if if you have a dream like that, you need to pursue it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. It's, you will <laughs> kick yourself if you don't. If you want something yep. bad enough, go do it. We only live one life that we know of. And Chris, where can everybody find you on social media? What do you have going on right now? Anything you'd like to go ahead and plug? Yes. Um, so I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm Chris Pavone on Facebook. You can connect with me there. I'm Chris with a K. And uh, Instagram, I'm Chris Pavone. Twitter, I'm at Croft Daddy WWE. Okay. And of course, like you mentioned, my podcast, The Chris Pavone Show, positivity, inspiration, encouragement. Yep. Um, 
I don't do much on Twitter, but uh, yeah, the best way to connect with me is is Facebook and Instagram. And um, and oh, and, and if you want to see what I'm up to, also you can go to crispavone.com, and that is basically my website for my coaching and you know all that all that goes with that. Good deal. So, and the Chris Pavone show is available again like on iTunes and all podcast platforms, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Good Your favorite deal. podcast app. Good deal. Chris, thank you very much for your time. And guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback here to talk to you today about betonline.ag. That's right, betonline.ag. Now, personally, I'm not a big betting man, but if I was, I would be going to betonline.ag. Whether you're a baseball fan, hockey fan, baseball, whatever the sport. You can, you can put all your bets on betonline.ag. I was personally rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights here uh, to go all the way to win the Stanley Cup uh, championship. And unfortunately, that was uh, in our second year in existence. Uh, we're 0 for 2, but uh, another hell of a season. And uh, I'm really rooting for the Knights to hopefully, hopefully make their way back next year. We will see. Go figure that Vegas has become a, a hockey town. But no matter what your sport is, no matter what your team, if you like placing bets, you got to check out betonline.ag. All you need to do, guys, is go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag and try their in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good Pizzas and Enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. Summer is approaching fast, and now is the time to not only get your diet on track, but also stock up on Feed Me More Nutrition. You can save 20% with discount code PODCAST20. Whether you're looking for long-lasting clean energy with our Wake Up Unlimited Energy, available in pink lemonade and our new green apple, melting fat off of Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner, or getting a great night's rest with our powerful all-natural GTS, go to sleep. Feed Me More Nutrition has you covered with seven different products that contain no artificial colors or sweeteners and use more natural ingredients that work synergistically to give you the results you deserve. Available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Feed. Me. More. All right. We're back. And uh, this week I want to really thank Chris Pavone. Uh, Kaylin Croft of WWE fame 
uh, for coming on the show. He's, uh, like I said, he's one of my favorite people, and it was a long time coming. And uh, I wish I could have kept him um, a bit longer, but it's, uh, he's one of the guys that I, I box occasionally and talk to, and he has a million stories, and, and we could have gone a, a lot of different directions. I just wanted people to kind of, um, the main thing I wanted doing the interview with, with, with Chris um, was for people to see uh, what kind of a human being that he is and how he's uh, had negative things happen to him, as we all have. Um, but he's not let them define who he is, and he's overcome uh, those challenges and obstacles multiple times throughout his life. And it, it makes me personally very happy um, to be able to call him one of my, my real friends, one of the guys I actually and, and it, uh, can count on one hand, uh, people that I, I truly trust. And um, even if sometimes we go a month or two and uh, we get busy and sometimes we talk, every week sometimes we go we go a few weeks and um we always just pick up where we left off and it, it makes me very proud and very happy to see um who he has become as a man and human being and um how he is inspiring other people out there with the Chris Pavone show and in in with his teaching and in his life coaching and you know if there's something that you want to do and I, I think his his advice if you have a dream if there's something you want to do just you know, just go for it. Just do it. And um, I sometimes hear people, I remember I got a message from somebody and they were like, what do I do? I want to, I want to get in better shape. I'm going to, I'm planning on dieting at this point in time. And my advice to them was, was start now. It's a mindset thing. You got to switch your mind to that. Just do it. And you just start because when you, when you plan or you're like tomorrow or and, and just, next week or next month it's going to come eventually and those feelings that you have today are going to be the exact same feelings that you have a week from now a month from now a year from now that doubt that oh i can wait another day wait another day wait another day eventually those weeks those months they turn into years and then you look in the mirror one day and 15 20 years have gone by and you've not done what you wanted to do so the power is always uh, in, in taking action, immediate action. And just sometimes you just throw yourself in and you figure it out. I oftentimes start things and I don't know exactly how I'm going to get it all sorted. But I just I throw myself in and uh, I make myself just available and I, I just I try to commit. And it's just if you have something you want to do, go for it, guys. And... Um, because like I said, those feelings don't change. The doubt, all that, you gotta you gotta just get you gotta get in that positive mindset and uh, do your best. Just do your best. So thank you to Chris for coming on once again. We are not gonna be doing, unfortunately, no wrestling report this week with Ryan Satin. He is in Mexico having uh, a little vacation. So week off from the wrestling report. We will hopefully catch up next week and uh, give you guys a lot of a lot of pro wrestling with everything going on. And I do want to, before I hop into my plugs, just touch on things, guys, with social media and everything. Um, a lot of you, it's uh, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of hate out there. A lot of it. And uh, it's really, I, I pride myself on being able to take negative things and turn them into positives. And I'm very passionate 
as I've stated and talked about in the past on this podcast, uh, with WWE. Look, I want I want to love WWE with with you guys. I want them. I want them. I've been there. I know what it's like inside those walls. I get messages from the talent. I know what's going on. People thanking me for speaking up on something that we all know as talent, as wrestlers that have worked there, people that do work there, knows what's up and how wrestlers have very little to no power and this corrupt system that they've gotten away with murder for many, 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 many years um, since Vince Jr. has taken over. And it's going to take, it's not going to, it's not necessarily going to be easy. But in with the things and the documents that I have and the recording that I have and the different things, I'm very confident um, and from people I've spoken to um, with what I can say and what I can do. And I'm trying, I'm really trying to give them an opportunity to make the system a lot better for the talent. And they know full well what is wrong. And there's going to be people that are going to, you're a bitter ex-WWE wrestler. And to remind everybody, I walked away from a $1.65 million contract. Could have gotten a lot more, should have gotten a lot more. That was the offer that I walked out on. And it had to do with multiple other things and me being hurt. I left. I did not sign the contract. I've chosen to leave and to start my own ventures, which they have tried to stop at various points, that have nothing to do with wrestling. Feed Me More Nutrition has nothing to do, and it's an entirely different class in all of itself. And there's a reason why I'm the registered trademark owner of everything, and I own everything. And my legal name is Ryback Reeves. I created Ryback when I was not with WWE. And there's going to be people that don't understand that put WWE on a pedestal. And that's fine. Those people will be blocked. They do not serve my mission. I am looking for people that love pro wrestling, that love the wrestlers, and understand that the wrestlers are WWE. Whoever is under the WWE umbrella is holding that place up at any given point in time. And I just want... They have done a really good job at tricking you guys into thinking the WWE brand is what you love. It is the wrestlers that you guys love. And, I, and trust me when I say this, the talent there holds that place together. They always have and they always will. It is extremely unorganized. There are a lot of negatives in that place. And the talent always rise above and, and are the ones that, that go above and beyond. And all we're simply doing, I'm not getting anything out of this, guys. I'm trying to make this better because I know I've created a life for myself. I'm comfortable if I never wrestle. And there again, I'm okay with that. I don't care. I would prefer never to ever have to go back there. And I know that if they want to try to stop me, that then they know, they know already. And so I don't, this is why I'm very comfortable with this, that, that I could raise awareness and not be stopped. I'm the one I would be being very selfish if I didn't do this with the information that I have, that they know that I have. And it is it's 2019 and the time for change is now. And I'm just asking everybody come together, and it, it is um, not everybody's going to understand. And whenever you are fighting for something you believe in, you're always going to have people that that try to throw stones and try to hate. And oftentimes they're cut from the same cloth, and they're very they're misinformed, and they don't understand. And that's okay, and uh, because I know what my mission is, and it is uh, I know how important pro wrestlers are, and I know what they sacrifice. And I feel like anybody that's against the betterment of just pro wrestling in general and the talent having more power to negotiate and more power to speak up, um, it's not a bad thing, guys. It's having some sort of, whether it's having a union, just having some sort of protection in place 
these guys we grew up watching that have nothing. Now, there's a reason for this, guys. The owner is a multi-billionaire. The, the system, the percentages are completely off. Talent have very, very, very little to no say. And if they do say stuff, they face severe repercussions. And we've seen it time and time and time again. They can't touch me. They can't do anything to me. I'm speaking up for my friends and for the people that sacrifice their lives to give me an opportunity to, to go in, in, and to perform. So it is, uh, and I'm always thankful for everything, And but I've, you, you got to stand up to people like this. And the best way to do this is through the WWE sponsors, the USA Network, and Fox Sports TV, their, their social media accounts. Uh, that is the WWE's lifeline. That is where they, they, those two things right there, guys, is how we can get change. Another way is you can cancel your WWE Network subscription. That will hit them really hard as well. When numbers start going down, they have to answer to stockhold, to, to shareholders and things of that nature. And you guys, the fans, you guys have always had the power. You just have to kind of know how to redirect your energies. Sponsors, TV networks, WWE Network. You guys have the power. Those numbers start going down. They start getting pressure from their sponsors, from the TV network. What's going on? What's this? What's going on with that? Why is this being allowed to happen? The talent are the people that have held that place together from day one, guys. And Vince has abused them from day one and treated wrestlers and human beings as cattle, keeping them on the road. And it's, it's a vicious cycle. That it's, it's the way it has been since he took over, and it was wrong from day one. It's wrong right now. And now we, are, we, as human beings, have the power with social media to come together and to unite against this organization for how they treat these human beings. And that's what I want you guys to understand. And it's um, it's going to change. Mark my words, it will change. And uh, I, don't, I don't know when, but it will change. And I will continue to do what I can to raise awareness. And hopefully um, things don't have to be the way that they are. Because trust me, guys, I'm not... When I get messages from people thanking me within those walls... And I already know from everything, my personal experience, you know, through multiple things there, I, I, know, I know what I need to do. So stick with me. And, uh, you know, whether no matter whether you loved me or hated me for the roles that I played, um, hopefully you like me. Hopefully you like me for who I am now and the real me. And um, if you don't, that's fine. And I uh, just ask, you know, just look the other way because we have a mission we're going to complete over here and uh we're just we're just getting started so with that guys i would like to give a big thanks uh to wiretap radio at wiretap radio on instagram and twitter at the wrestling classic a wrestling classic the wrestling historian on instagram and twitter thank you guys very much uh, for your affiliation with this podcast support our patreon page patreon.com slash ryback for all fan mail, please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Feed Me More Nutrition, guys. Our Green Apple is now available on Amazon and FeedMeMore.com. Check out our Green Apple Wake Up Unlimited Energy. And uh, we're on Amazon, FeedMeMore.com, on all that, guys. And uh, we always got great deals for you. You can save 20% with Podcast 20 there on FeedMeMore.com as well. For personal videos... Buy myself for cameo, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. 
Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, my motivational book available on Amazon in paperback, audible, in Kindle formats. For professional wrestling um, appearances, signings, please contact BookTheBigGuy at Yahoo.com or Bill Barron's at Showbiz at AOL.com. Dealmeals.com, my personal meal prep service. Guys, you see me talk about them on Instagram all the time. I'm always, I do usually one or two meals a day. I'm a big fan of their uh, grilled chicken and broccoli and sometimes the beef quesadillas. Um, they have a lot of custom signature meals there. You could, you could, li- you could literally create anything from their menu. And uh, it's a, an affordable way to eat healthy. Meal prep delivered frozen on your doorstep overnighted. And uh, you can save 15% with discount code, the big guy. So check out fuelmeals.com if you're looking to, to improve your health and, and straight, straighten up your diet a little bit, essentially, guys. Real Good Foods, shout out to them. Save 15% with discount code Ryback. Love love having them on, being a part of the podcast. And betonline.ag, guys, as well. You can go over there to betonline.ag and sign up. If you're a betting man, give you a little more information on that as well. You can use the clnsmedia.com slash Ryback, promo code CLNS50 for a 50% cashback bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Follow me on social media, guys, the big guy, Ryback22 on Instagram and Ryback22 on Twitter, and that will link you to all the other accounts for the podcast and Feed Me More Nutrition. And check us out on YouTube. Please subscribe to youtube.com slash channel as well for that. Thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed! Me more.